Herald of Steel beckons. War on the horizon. Chaos reigns supreme. But who will save us? Beckons of the Herald of Steel is a 5th edition homebrew campaign. It is a high fantasy and old school flavored campaign run by me, the young Rognard, and my friends. Let's meet those friends now. I am Anthony Santiago, and I'm playing Norhill Hammerstone, Dwarven Fighter. I'm Jared, and I'll be playing Jarzak, the Orc Warlock. I'm Ryan, and I'm going to be playing Klika, the Goblin Sorcerer. I'm Veronica. I'll be playing Anton, the Human Cleric. While many prophecies are written, our story has yet to be completed. Follow us into adventure. I like to get Honey, the, that's fuck. Yeah, I like to get the middle fingers pointed at me. But anyway. Welcome back to the podcast. It is I, Grognard the Young, the Young Grognard, kicking it to you live with the Beckons of the Herald of Steel campaign with the adventure, the Lords in the Quest, Vengeance. Our party in the last episode had made their uh, journey over to these strange, rusty dragons' lair after having met and parted ways from Caracol and Margay on the way, having met with the council, had a very strange discussion about maybe the dangers of going to Ascabellum, having uncovered some potentially scary secrets about the Queen Alvir Darivar, and Jarzak had a pretty sweet little discussion with Sorty Boy. But anyway, we just left off in the last one with our friends being... Uh, I guess preyed upon would be the best word for it by a gang of rust monsters who all seem to be looming over them with hungry little buggy eyes. Each of them has big old froggy styled feet, a big round kind of almost like pig sort of shaped torso plated with strange stony looking rocky kind of body type. Um, And they have a strange club like tail dangling overhead, each of them with their antenna covered in little feathery looking wisps and they seem to be looking down at you guys very actively primarily norhill and jarzak uh i mean also nor uh, anton as well obviously for his armor too but it's starting to look like norhill and jarzak might have the tastiest of metals to offer so uh with that let's roll for initiative real quick the uh little cavern that you guys are in it's looking like it's about 40 feet by 60 feet. So it's a nice little rectangular area here enclosed with the stones, but the sky is opened up. So the couple of like stony ridges, you get what I'm saying? It's kind of like a bowl. The uh, little section here does seem to skitter off in the back into a small little stony kind of cavern that bottlenecks down and around a corner. So let's see, who got above a 20? I know one of you did. Got 24. Cool. Anybody get close to that? No? I mean, I got a 15. Anybody beat 15? I met 15. Okay, roll off. 15s. I got 14. I got a 16. Uh, 20. Okay. Wait, you got a 15 as well, and then you got the 16? No, okay, I, the 16. I, I had a 16 originally. Aye, aye. So, Kalika, Anton, and then Norhill Bugs. And then what did Jarzak get? A nine. Nice. Okay. So fair enough. So Klika's first to go. So you can see all of these little rusty bees sulking down at you, but remembering what you had heard from Caracol and Margay, what would you like to do? Um, Klika's going to pull out just the regular dagger she has. And I guess cast digitation on it uh, to make it smell like really good metal, which to Klika is just a lot of pennies. Oh no, you had to add that part in there. All right, uh, and what was it that you cast it on? A dagger, because that's really the only metal thing I have. Okay. All right, and so you cast that onto there, and was there anything else you'd like to do? Uh, and then she's gonna sort of, I guess, just toss it away from 
like Jarzak and Norhill, see okay. if she can get some of the attention off of them. Because there are three to the left, three to the right, and you guys are pretty much smack dab in the middle of this little chamber here. So did you want to throw it back once you had come from, or over the left to the right, or try to throw it up on the rocks above the uh, cavern that you'll be going into? I guess maybe up on the rocks. See if some of them will just go up there. Okay. Could you give me like a dex check to see how well you can toss it and aim it? Yeah, I can try. You get the proficiency bonus too. Okay. Uh, 12. Okay. So you hurl it a really good distance up and you can hear it clink and clatter up there. And they very clearly hear the clink and clatter too, as they seem to redirect all their little visions up to there. Um, and did you want to move? Uh, yeah. Click it. We'll just start moving in deeper into the cavern. Okay. We'll say you make it halfway there. Uh, Living on prayer. Um, so now, Anton, uh, what's Anton up to? Anton doesn't seem to have any sort of metal he can let go of in this case, so he's just gonna follow Quika down the hall and try to whistle and act like he didn't see anything. <laughs> I mean, you could double move <laughs> and get to the uh, cavern entrance if you'd like to. Yeah. <laughs> Anton doesn't okay. like things. I'll run him a bug. <laughs> Fair enough. Okay. And what about Norhill? Yeah, Norhill's going to double move to the cavern entrance. <laughs> Very good. Okay, so you guys are technically running in the direction they will be looking. It's just they'd have to look down. So having gotten their attention for that split second to look up, that's that's the only point I'm going to make. Uh, and so at this point, they all skitter in your direction, running on the walls on the side, having their attention split kind of 50-50 between you guys and the uh, dagger that got tossed up there. But because really Klinka made it such a point to make it smell super good, not just look super good, they do hurry up in that direction primarily. Double moving and getting to a point that those who have run into the cavern mouth, you guys can see that they're not, like, they're, they're you guys, as you run into the little cavern, they run up and above the cavern. You get what I'm saying? So Klinka can see them climbing up, climbing up even higher on the rocky ledges, but those who went inside can't even see him at this point. So what about Jarzak? What's he up to? Shit. Getting out of here. Uh, a bonus action, 30 feet, plus a full sprint. Cool. So you managed to go zooming past everybody. Um, and at this point, like I said before, the little tunnel does get pretty cramped to about like a five foot wide at the widest and it ducks down to about like six feet tall at the tallest. So this place is definitely not a comfortable location for most people to be walking through. Um, and so at the top of the initiative, what's Klika going to do now? Um, I guess just try and catch up with the rest of the party since they all should have moved past me if they all double moved. Yep. Okay, so as Klika runs in there, you guys are all still now within this little cavernous section. Was there anything you wanted to do now as we break from this, or are we going to just take our chances and continue like hustling down this hallway? Because once those little guys get to the dagger and very quickly dismantle it, it seems like it's probably going to wear off that illusion, and they're going to come running this way, hoping to find something smelly. Yeah, Norhill will suggest uh, getting deeper into the caves before they notice they've been tricked. Stupid ass bugs. Wait, Anybody else have anything to do? Ambush for them. I don't know if we want to ambush them. Anton just looks at the cave and he wonders if there's a way to block them without jeopardizing their own escape potentially later. Yeah, they're probably going to meet us on the way out if we don't deal with them now. I mean, I have, like, the um, mess kit and stuff. Do I have, like, oil? Can I just sort of spray out some oil and light it with a torch and create, like, a little bit of fire barrier that'll sit there for a bit? Yeah, I mean, it doesn't seem like it'll sit there for too long, but if you sacrifice a few things of oil, I'm sure you could do something like that. Do you guys have a couple vials of oil? Check. My lantern runs off magic, 
Not too sure. <laughs> <laughs> Darn these eco-friendly fucking lanterns. I know, right? Powered by God. Uh, I have two oil flasks. I don't have any cool. oil flasks, but we can throw a couple of torches on the pile too. Those will catch after a while. I have nothing. Yeah, I definitely. Magic. Okay, so tossing a couple vials of oil and uh, like a stack of torches that'll keep a nice burning little cindering pit right by the entrance. It'll keep things out for quite a bit. It'll probably burn pretty effectively for like a minute or two, which is probably enough time to divert their attention. I so with that, sense. will that help? No, that will not help. But with that, it'll just really chill them out. No, maybe that will help them. And get to focus a bit. So with that, Anton tosses a couple incense blocks on top of it. Then it blows up in an incendiary well, storm. Well, they will really know how to get back. That smell of frankincense will never go away. <laughs> Patchouli? Anyway. Um, <laughs> it's just essential oils. It's like, you just got, ooh, orange zest. Um so that the uh, party run around the corner after the fire goes off and the heat kind of barreling down the direction of the tunnel. But as you go around the bend, it definitely opens up quite a bit here. And you can see before you um, what would appear to be a large, it almost looks like glass because it's so clear. But as you guys go walk around the corner, uh, what's the source of light now that you're officially in the caves? Me. Okay, I got a, I got an inaudible thumbs up from Anton. Uh, no, I'm just kidding. Sorry. But as you illuminate the lantern, you can see a lantern light reflect back at you uh, from down this hallway. As the chamber opens up from the little tunnel you took, once you go around the elbow, it opens up to a much larger, like, uh, 20 by 20 bubble here. But as you approach, you can see a reflection against the hallway where, like, this perfectly transparent like beam of light seems to come back at you. So there seems to be some sort of reflection or something as you see a perfectly identical lantern come barreling towards you as you move forward. That's curious. Anton just moved toward the reflection. And as you do, you notice everybody's reflection is perfectly marked in there. And as you look back at your reflection, strangely enough, uh, you notice a most sinister look in the reflection, and you see red-ringed little irises in your eyes looking back at you. Does this look like my old friend I just saw fighting the other day? No. Oddly enough, when I made this, that was not the intention, but this is the okay. strangeness of hanging out with illusion gnomes is dealing with tons of strange recreations of self. Anyway, point is, you got a weird spooky-looking doppelganger on the other side of this Strange illusory wall. So Norhill is going to approach uh, his reflection. Same thing. Okay. Uh, which you know, is a question. You know, same thing, kind of spooky looking. Mm-hmm. Does it act like a regular ref reflection? Otherwise, exactly perfect. He's going to take uh, the hammer side of uh, the hook hammer. He's just going to tap the glass wall to, you know, sort of check and see, like, you know, what the general consistency is. Okay. It feels like dinking against crystal, as you feel it's kind of soft, but it never leaves a scratch on it. And it almost seems like, because the mirror matches up so perfectly, it almost seems like you're actually just dinking metal tips with the uh, other hammer on the other side. Hmm. Interesting. Does it seem natural? The crystal? Yeah. It certainly seems strange. It, I mean, the crystal doesn't seem to be like powered by a magic generator or anything, but it's just eerie how perfect the reflection is without any like impurities in the actual crystal itself. And it seems to span almost like the entirety, like, yes, the exact entirety of like what would be a cavernous continuation of the room that you're in. Um, Anton, I know you normally don't like doing this, but do you think you could extinguish your light for a minute? Klika wants to see what happens with the reflections. You won't see. Oh, Klika can see in the dark. 
Right. Then he kind of does it like a nervous gulp and then turns up the light. Okay. So you will go over and hold his hand while the light's off. <laughs> she is very sweaty. <laughs> Wait, she? Oh, yeah. Klika is? No, no. Anton's sweaty with fear. Oh, I thought you said she. Okay. I was like, wait a minute. What happened? Wait. You're just telling no, me how sweaty she is? But would that uh, Darzak and Klika and Norhill are capable of seeing the dark reflection? And as the light blindness kind of dissipates from the lantern being off, you guys just see a strange shadowy reflection on there again of all three of you just standing there and a very blind Anton clone standing there as well. All of them with the red rings in their eyes still. Mm. Um, uh, the crystal's still there. Like we can't pass any further. Nope. Okay. As strange as it seems, it appears to be just a mirror. Um, yeah, Anton, you can put the lantern back on. Turns it back on. Can you talk to it? Like, if Anton says hello, does, is there, there's no, like, odd reply, no odd, odd, no... I mean, for what it's worth, that feels to me like that would be the scariest thing in the entire world. To have spent this much time, like, hmm, it's a perfect reflection, turn the lights on and off, and you're like, can you hear me? And the thing's like, yes. Like, could you just imagine the terror of this thing having been quiet the whole fucking time? Then you just organically figure out the fun house and then just decide to answer. <laughs> Anywho. So when I say hello, it says nothing. Like, it doesn't do anything abnormal. No, it says hello, but perfectly timed at the same time you say it in a very rude way. <laughs> Hi, you're Klika. <laughs> point at Which myself. The Klika says perfectly at the same time that you do, being both correct and annoying. <laughs> well, and again, I'll say this much that because the way the cavern is set up and the way that the crystal is kind of matched to the walls here. This looks like it would be a portal of sorts. Like, this looks constructed in an arch shape as if created. And this sort of weird, I don't want to say like perverse rendition of yourselves with the red eyes and like the sort of sinister look to each of you, but only in face, leads you to believe this is a reflection, but with strange differences. You know what I'm saying? So we think that it's some kind of portal. It would look to be something that acts like a mirror. Dorhill's going to turn around and try to walk through backwards. Okay. So as you do, you guys see the strange Norhill on the other side also turn around and moonwalk backwards. And as their butts touch, a clank against the crystal leads you to believe there's no traveling through this backwards. But I will say this. Can I get a perception check from the party? Twelve. Even that. Twelve. Twelve. Fifteen. Anton heard a particularly interesting jingle when they connected their butts. Anton's gonna press his hand to the crystal. Okay. It's cold to the touch. Unlike Norhill's butt. I said, Norho, are you wearing, were you, can you do that again? <laughs> Norhill just backs it up on himself again. <laughs> uh, sure, but I'm not sure, I, I don't think that it's, it's possible that it's not going to work. Uh, he's going to try a slightly different angle. Okay. Can you describe that angle? So basically what he's doing is he's trying to sort of like, sneak through the portal by not observing that it's an illusion, right? So he tried perfectly backwards this time. Now he's going to try to come at it like a scance. So he's going to go through like almost like um, he's going to start at one end and then come in so that he and his illusion uh, make a V and uh, touch at the V, the bottom of the V rather. I think I heard you saying, so coming in like diagonally? Yeah, basically. Okay, so, yeah, you try, and nothing seems to happen. And your body seems to brush up against it, hands first. 
Is, but is Norhill clearly wearing some form of metal? Yeah, he's wearing his whole suit. Norhill's stacked out in full plate armor. And it doesn't affect his hands. It's not on his hands. No, he's got like the wrist guards and everything that pull to the uh, um, to the uh, what's it called the um, wrist guards there. But again, when he booty bopped it, you heard a strange little tinkle of metal, but it was hard to tell. Only when the two like- of them bopped butts did you hear it. gonna try the same thing okay <laughs> he's gonna walk backwards into the glass i think he's gonna okay. do it too because everyone else is <laughs> very good and as the as you two begin to bop booties against the uh, mirror here nothing seems to happen i was like hmm. Hmm. he kind of looks at norhill he's like are you wearing anything in particular, I heard something, some form of strange metal, as if it actually struck metal. I don't think so. Um, it, when I tested the resonance earlier, it sounded like metal, but I figured that that was just a quirk of however this was made. And uh, he's going to illustrate uh, for Anton exactly what he means uh, by hitting the mirror a little harder this time. Okay. So yeah, again, it's perfectly clear. It lets out like a chit noise as if like crystal being smacked with something metal. So it seems like this is definitely crystal. It's strange and magic, but it's crystal. Do we want to just break it? I was going to save it, but would the spell magic be of any use here? Or would it, or, or would it be worthless? I mean, you could try it. Okay. I'm going to try it, the spell magic. My question is, is this, this reaches um, 120 feet. Is what, do we know if this is anything higher than a third level spell? No, you wouldn't know that until you cast it. So would you like to cast it? Yes. Okay. It certainly is. So why don't you go ahead and roll that caster check? Isn't it ten? I mean, uh, isn't it your caster level on top of the roll? Um, it's a DC plus my the spells level, so it have to be a thir- It have to be a thirteen. Right, but what's your bonus to the roll? Is it just caster level? Ryan yeah, and just Jared, spell. You know just um, it, it's just the um, it's ten plus the spells level. No, but I no, mean, no, 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 no. It, it's your bonus. spell mod. You just add your spell mod to it. I thought. Okay, that makes sense enough. So, so yes. go ahead and roll for it. Maybe it's 13. No, no, no. No, I would have to set the DC, but you have to figure out what you're adding to it, which is your, your spell modifier, which I don't know what it is in your case. Is three? Maybe a plus six? Plus three. You only have a plus three? Yeah, there's for my no modifier. That, there's no way that it's only a plus three, your spell attack modifier. Yeah, it's going to be your proficiency plus your wisdom. Yeah, yeah your spell attack is plus six. Yeah, yeah, but you're... So go ahead and roll uh, the d20 plus 6. Okay. Uh, fuck that. 10. Okay. So as you go to cast it on the crystal, you can see it wavers a little bit, but it stays in place. Mm. So really, the only thing we've... The only thing we've really gathered was that Norhill's butt makes a strange clink when he grinds up on himself. Uh, also, Ronnie was right initially. It's just an ability check, not a spell attack. Yeah, that's why I was confused. Well, I just, yeah. Anyway, doesn't make a big difference. If anything, you did worse. Congratulations. Thanks. So anyway, so that's really the only detail we've got is that Klika and Anton's butts don't do the same thing, but Norhill's booty makes that clink. Um, Norhill's going to try to hip check then to see if making the noise louder will tell us anything. Okay, so as you rush up and smack into it with your hip, looking back at your red-eyed counter, uh, it makes an even louder clink as if a jingling in your back pocket. No, I'm pretty sure I didn't actually have anything stored in there. Uh, Norhill's going to check his pockets. So he unbuttons and unbelts and pulls the metal of his pants aside and finds a strange red glowing key pulled out of his back pocket. 
And as you do so, you look and you see your reflective self hold up a small red padlock. What's that? I have no idea. Uh, let's see. Norhill's going to slowly reach out uh, to try to make the key in the padlock meet. Okay. And as they get close, you can feel it kind of humming in your hand. Would you like to continue? Yes. Okay. So as you put the key towards it and touch it, Norhill disappears utterly and completely from existence, as well as his reflection on the mirror. Kliga starts patting down Jarzak for a key. <laughs> no, Kliga, that's my key. Nope. Not if and I as, find it first. As Kliga gets down low to paddle at your feet there, uh, Anton and Jarzak can see that strapped to the bottom of her foot is a key that seems to glow red now that she's kind of like on her knees. And Norhill, okay. on the other hand, uh, you are instead greeted with a most unpleasant sight as before you is a bubbling, caustic, green, glowing pool and a small ring of stone that seems to go around it on one side before ending in what looks to be like some ancient dwarvish doorway on the other side. The pool itself stretches about 50 to 60 feet and it kind of wraps a path completely and utterly around it. The smell burns your nostrils and it, the smoking, bubbling like caustic fumes just wrench at your eyes. Oof. So, in the meantime, Kaliko found her foot key. It's like, it's your turn. As Anton points the key on her foot, and then he starts patting himself down. Okay. <laughs> yeah, Kaliko's gonna nab her key and put it through the lock, but as she approaches, she's gonna keep, like, uh, <laughs> twirling the key through her fingers Just like she us. would with her dagger. Jarzak's mm -hmm. going to race to get Kleeka's key first. <laughs> <laughs> and as you go to grab it, your hand goes through the key as if it wasn't even there. Ah, oh, Jarzak. This one's mine. Jarzak slaps Kleeka's elbow so the key hits the wall. <laughs> and just... <laughs> just right on the funny bone. <laughs> just like, ow! Oh... Um... <laughs> oh. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. Unless you want to do that, Jarzak. You want to send her away? Nope. Okay. So as Anton starts fondling around at his armor, uh, you find the key perfectly on the back of your neck, pressed against the uh, clothing that kind of underlines your armor. That's that, that, that's going to be real sweaty. No, just <laughs> picks it up, kind of wipes it on, on his uh, robes, and then um, meets it with his doppelganger. Okay. Is so doppelganger's uh, padlock as sweaty as his key is? <laughs> yep. They're both very sweaty and apologetic. But the other side just looks more mean about it. He's sweaty and confrontational instead of sweaty and <laughs> apologetic. <laughs> yeah, he's like, what of it? But, okay. And so are Kleeka and Jarzak going to go through? Oh, wait, Jarzak never it, found it, his. Jarzak's going to search for a key on himself. Sent okay. that already, but then Kleeka came over to try and steal it. <laughs> so as Kleeka's hanging out with Jarzak at this point and watching Jarzak going at it, uh, Jarzak, can you roll a perception check? Kleeka, you're still there, right? Yeah. Okay. Can you both roll a perception check then? 17? Uh, 16. So as Jarzak's casually padding around at his clothing and looking for the key, uh, you both see something strange kind of appearing in the background of uh, the mirror coming around that bend that you guys came around not too long ago. As you see a few individual black bugs come skittering down the passageway in a small, foggy, rolling black inky cloud, about two inches off the ground at the most, comes curdling in like a low tide. They didn't like the patchouli. <laughs> and for some reason, I don't know what, Jarzak feels the hairs on the back of his neck begin to perk up in that old nostalgic way. Yay, Cleeks, I think we gotta go. 
Yeah, it doesn't seem like we should be sticking around here any longer. So? Where's my key? Where's my key? So, as you fondle around and look feverishly, the blackened smoke starts to grow farther into the room and begins to get closer and closer to your feet. And as you guys are looking back at this giant reflection, you guys can see a large figure coming in here as if all this smoke was nothing more than a large, uh, what do you call that, the bridal uh, train, you know what I'm talking about, the thing that follows somebody. And it seems to be all originating from one sort of central being as two long black legs seem to come around the corner, followed by the rest of a strange, gaunt, and bent-over torso of Valaketh himself. And as he begins to walk in, you hear the sounds of a cacophony of cicadas and small bugs' legs just gripping on each other and just getting that strange kind of symphony of buggy legs. And he looks in towards you guys and starts to slowly approach and says, you should not have crossed me as such. They will never save you. And as you begin to fondle around feverishly for the key, you hear a strange jingling coming from inside the gauntlet. Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, Jarzak's going to take off the gauntlet. Has Cleek ever seen the Jarzak no, bones? No one has. So, Cleek <laughs> is just like, did you find it? Jarzak pulls it back, just skeletal arm. <laughs> the key falls on the ground. Jarzak can't see it under all that black, smoky, cloudy mess and starts potting around at it with his one good hand uh, as the gauntlet seems to have fallen ajar. What would Cleek like to do? Can Cleek see the key where it fell? No, but she can certainly help find it. Yeah, I mean, if Klika can guide yeah, Jarzak's hand to it, because she knows that her hand will just pass right through it, mm-hmm. she'll help Jarzak do that. So as you start swatting your hands back and forth, trying to gust away this black rolling smoke, eventually you see the red humming light kind of beaming there, and Jarzak's able to dart down quick and pick it up. And you can see that the alternative universe Jarzak has the padlock ready at the ground, pulled out of the black rolling smoke as well. And as you go to reach for it, the inky black hand of Valaketh itself seems to reach through and that perfectly cold, deathly hand just about touches the nape of your neck and you feel it like that close that the radiating cold is there when Key meets Padlock and you zip through to the other side and Klika, I imagine, does so just as quickly. Probably making sure Jarzak gets through. Yeah. And as you both... up through it on the other side you are both greeted with the wonderfully popping sizzling bursting acrid smoky nuclear looking pool here of bubbling caustic slime and again the biting painful poisonous fumes seem to just really agitate the senses and the eyes <laughs> there you go good of you two to join us Jarzak's like, shut the fuck up, Norhill. <laughs> guys, I can't believe you left us. Look what happened to my arm. <laughs> I didn't yeah, know right. that this was going to happen, and what happened to your arm? Well, Alex, he's trying to up. heal it. Can, can he heal it? Can Anton try to heal his hand? He's like, what happened? Did you touch that acid? And as, as Anton's looking, as everybody looks over at Jarzak at this point, you guys can see on the wall where Jarzak had kind of gone through, a single black drip of ink seems to be leaking from nowhere in the center, just about where the nape of Jarzak's neck is where he's standing. And you see a single bead of it just roll to the floor and hit the ground with a sizzle. And a single roly-poly bug comes crawling out of that little drip and goes running away from the spot. The guy grabs it with Mage Hand and throws it into the acid pit. And as it even gets close to it, you can hear a sizzle and it pop, like a little piece of popcorn as it goes flying towards it. Ooh. <laughs> like, I don't like to imagine that. Some like bug popcorn. Hey, it's just like when a real it. juicy one flies into the uh, bug zapper, you know? <laughs> Ew. That is such a strangely unique and disgusting smell. You know? But anywho... So at this point, Norhill spent about 
a minute in here and your eyes are watering in a way that's like burning building painful we need to well we need to get out of here i can't stand this much longer was there a clear path i i can't recall from the description wreathed around the large acid pool in the center of the room around the edge is like a tiptoeing sort of path around it and on the other side are the remains to a doorway of dwarvish make the room itself is kind of bulbous but it does look to be like strange Chernobyl-y styled with like stalactites hanging from the ceiling dripping some of that green goop as if the stones themselves may have been melted into these shapes Anton looks for Jazak and he says, this might be a good time for you to fly. Possibly get a rope. Uh, does the integrity of the stone walkway look okay? Mm, I don't know, does it? You think I would just send you on a simple bridge and have you fall in? I mean, maybe, uh, maybe, maybe not, but you know, Norhill sort of that eyeballs it and draws on his dwarfy heritage to look like it's gonna you know, collapse under his feet. I mean, I will say this much. As your last effort before your eyes get like completely coated in, in that really watery, painful eye sort of thing there where you can't see through them anymore, the last bit that you can see before your vision begins to go, you can see that it does look trustworthy enough. Okay. I'm going to chance the walkway. I'll meet you guys on the other side. I... Just... This is awful. Can we use a rope, please? <laughs> I mean, if you fall in, it doesn't look like you're going to make it. I don't know what the rope's going to do. I don't know. It'll help us tug. Are you going to... Ronnie, what did I you say about talking about that on the podcast? Fly. <laughs> Maybe make someone else fly, and then other two people will be tied by rope so we could they could get kind of carried. So Norhill can still see right now, right? Just it's yep. painful. Decently okay. well enough. Yeah, uh, Jarzak will cast fly on Norhill so he can just fucking book it out of here because he's been here a bit. Sure. Okay. Okay, then uh, Norhill will fly around the edge, uh, not through the middle. Okay. And you know, maybe he'll land every so often, you know, just to, you know, stamp his foot and make sure that it's going to you know, be okay for the people coming afterwards. Sure. And it definitely seems safe enough. Now, would you like to go through the doorway over here, the Dwarvish doorway, or would you like to stay in here and wait for the rest of the party? Norhill's at least going to take a couple of steps through the door for what it's okay. worth. So as you push the doorway open here, uh, which your hand seems to stick a little bit to the metal here on the door handle, as if kind of like the metal itself has a layer of like goopy ichor on it, as you pull on it, it does pull the doorway open, and you get a breath of fresh air, but the other side is a long hallway uh, that appears to be rather dank and dingy, with an overwhelming stench of rust. And as you look around at the ground, you can see piles of rusty scrapped metal that are just like rusted to a point that is just red and reddish-brown piles of dust, with chunks of metal that are still kind of like you know what I mean? Like, you know, rusty barrels, how they'll have, like, the fragments of, like, still a sheet of metal in there, still rusted over. So there's just scrap, just dangling in piles of it. But the hall before you, you can see that there are passages, various places. It's hard to see with your eyes as they are, but, yeah. Okay. Uh, so, but while he's over there, Norhill is actually going to uh, prepare the Silverstein um for everybody to come and take a drink as they arrive yeah click is gonna head across the stones the ones that norhill checked all right could i get an acrobatics check eighteen Cool. So you hurry across with great speed and you make it over towards where Norhill is, suffering the same painful eye pains, but yeah, and it burns at your lungs like smoking cigarettes for the first time, that real like hot inhale there. Um, what about Jarzak and Anton? Um, Anton's going to cast guidance on himself. I don't think you're able to. Cast it on Jarzak. Cast it on Jarzak. You get guidance, you get a a plus D4 for any ability check. Uh, Yeah, 
So would Jarzak like to try to do athletics or acrobatics to get across? So Jarzak's gauntlets it's back on the other side, right? That's what you yep. said. That it, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just put it right back on after you slid it off. Oh, okay, perfect. That's good. Um, just making sure I didn't lose it. Uh, yeah, Jarzak's gonna head across. Okay. So which one, acrobatics or athletics? Acrobatics. <laughs> you don't seem to be very happy about it either, Ronnie. What do you uh, got on the D four? Oh, one second. Three. That's not bad. I cast fly on myself. <laughs> no, no, no. What did we get on acrobatics? Six. Oh, no. Is That's that what the plus three? You want to die instead. <laughs> well, I mean, I gotta know what you roll. You can't just, like, <laughs> just be like, I roll for acrobatics. Fly. Like, <laughs> so, I mean, you lose your footing and you slip. Can I get a dexterity saving throw? As you try shuffling side to side, and then you think like, "Why did Anton ha- sound so reluctant to bless me?" And then you slip and fall in. Four. Oh my That's god! That's one more than he rolled last time, so he's moving up. <laughs> so as you slip and like drop one of your feet into there, uh, you feel the sizzling popping cover your leg, and you take a quick fourteen points of acid damage as it sizzles and burns at your skin, seeping in through your boots as it does. Would you like to cast fly? No, uh, you know what? No, it's fine. You got the rest of the athletic. Yeah, right. Why are you I'm unconscious like now? A skeletal boot now too. You're <laughs> just old bony Jarzak. Hinger dinker Durgan. But um, okay. So were you gonna cast fly on yourself and zip? Oh no! I'll, I'll try and save myself. Okay, so you're gonna to try to do an athletics to just—I mean, uh, acrobatics to try to do the rest of the leg. Yeah. Okay. Go ahead. That's got to be so hard to watch as he's like can't see and he just slips and sizzles and burns. You <laughs> he's scrambling together. What'd you get? You get a plus two. Uh, Guidance on only points. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but you, so what'd you keep get casting it. Uh, eighteen. <laughs> Oh, okay. So, yeah, you managed to, like, just barrel roll your way out of there, stand up quickly and run with your boot full of sizzling pain, and as you make it over to Klika and Orhill at the door, you're, like, <laughs> I can't even imagine. That's gotta hurt like a motherfucker. I feel like I'd rather get stabbed than have a boot full of that. Can but I anyway... Can you a drink uh, for your injury? Uh, yeah, I'm probably gonna need a lot more than a drink, but, uh, you um, see my leg? Norhill, oh, uh, I, I helped Jarzak out. Do you want to just fly back in and keep Anton from slipping when he goes across? Sure. Um, so, uh, by the way, everybody who's taken a drink so far, if you don't already have uh, proficiency, you get half proficiency in deck saves. Well. So, uh, yeah, going to How long does that last? For the day. Oh, nice. Yeah, uh, so Norhill's gonna fly over, uh, give Anton his drink for half proficiency in deck saves, and uh, make sure he doesn't fall down. Okay. I've got a five on my save. And so with that, uh, holding on to uh, Norhill's hands, you can roll for either the athletics or the acrobatics to try to go across. Yeah, I'm just trying to figure out my half proficiency. It would just be two. Uh, uh, yeah, at this level, it would just be plus one. Okay. Uh, I wouldn't round down. I'd allow you to round up. Or did I write round down? I'll just do an acrobatics. You didn't. Uh, I, the, the usual rules to round down. Oh, okay. Thank you, Anthony. Yeah, everybody round down. Enjoy your plus one. Oh, yeah, I, mean, I already said it on D&D Beyond. Mm-hmm. There's a toggle for it. Oh, okay. I'll just do acrobatics. Uh, so I'm gonna cast catnap on Jarzak oh, while God, waiting for them. I got a twenty. Damn. Okay. So Anton cartwheels over there, not needing anybody's help. He just, got a sip of he, the groovy juice and cartwheeled over. Uh, but no, seriously though, is it round up or round down? It's round down, I believe. Okay, so that's fine. I'm at me. seven for my save now. Dang. 
Okay. And so now uh, that Can you guys I feel are over Jarzak's here, foot? were you actually casting catnap? Yeah, I was just going to cast catnap on him since he used the spell slot. And how long does that last? It takes 10 minutes. Okay. So once you get on the other side of the door and close it. Yeah. Um, so you guys sit here in this little section of hallway, or did you want to try to go into a doorway? No, we'll do it right here. <laughs> oh, good. Maybe we should get a little bit more away from that air. Not too far. I mean, as long as the door is closed, it doesn't seem to be affecting us anymore, does it? No. Okay. Yeah. So, as you guys sit here in the hallway and cast a quick cat nap on Jarzak, uh, for about five or so minutes, it seems like nothing's going on, and this place is very tranquil, albeit very rusty and very dirty. Uh, but you guys can all very easily hear and feel the seismic rumblings in this place as something seems to, at the end of the hallway, and a bit to the left, seems to be stirring, and you hear the sound of just great upheavals of stone and dirt, as if something seems to be, like, hurtling through the earth, clawing and digging at an immense speed. And then it comes to an abrupt stop, and you hear a few very large stamping noises, and as you feel the underground begin to tremor a couple times, then it comes to a stop. Cool, cool, cool. I'm sure you're okay. Yeah, one thing before I take my rest, I'm going to cast uh, Armor of Agathis on myself. <laughs> take a quick little nap and some frosty armor. I mean, <laughs> fucking with this. And so, you can use Hit Die to get your uh, that is what HP I'm doing. back. Yeah, instead of having Anton burn a spell slot. Okay. That seems to work out. Um, okay, and I imagine the armor of Agathis now is not all buggy as it was before, and instead now it's got a strange spectral mantle as if the same yeah, kind of moonlight from the blade. Yeah. Which is definitely new for the party, seeing bugs not crawl out of him, and instead he kind of glows a little bit. But, yeah. So after casting that, after the catnap huh, begins neat. to wear off, almost We could just think that's part of the, the catnap. Yeah, as as the catnap begins to come to an end, you guys can hear the sound of a strange, low, rumbling moan, and something seems to bellow out in a very dramatic voice uh, in a language that I think only Klika understands, but something seems to bellow out in anger and wrath. Why? And you hear an immense thunk, as if something has just bludgeoned a hole in a rock wall. Um, I guess this the dragon's kind of curious. He's asking questions like why? So he's, a, he's eager to learn, maybe? Can, can dragons stick underground? Is he looking for something? Um, Kalika can't dig under. Well, Kalika could probably dig underground, so dragons can probably dig underground. Yeah, it checks out. <laughs> I mean, that's how that works, right? But anything Kalika can do, dragons can do better. <laughs> dragons can do better than anything Kalika can do. Well, Anton looks for the party and he just wonders, and he just asks, So, we're really gonna. So what's the plan here? And you guys can hear that great upheaval of stone sound again. And in the distance, you can see the wall kind of buckle and bend a little bit as if the stones are being like pushed aside by the immense strength of something traveling through it like a shark through water. Not with immense speed, almost like cinematically, horrifyingly slow speed as it seems to continue through on its little journey here. And a couple of rocks fall off and you can see a giant draconian foot for leverage kind of get a foothold on some of the stones as it continues its journey in that direction. Not um, towards you, but down the hall. Make the best of it. That wasn't an ability that came in during my calculations. <laughs> Back to the fucking drawing board. So, just trying to circle back. <laughs> we have to 
is it necessary to kill it? <laughs> you just have to get a fragment of the dragon. It seems like the scales itself of this thing have the residual alchemical contents that they could reproduce. Leek is not exactly sure how kind letting this th- this dragon continue to live would be. It seems like he's suffering quite a bit. And so... Wasn't this some sort of, like, experiment gone wrong? It was. On, uh, you know, dragon that was friendly. This isn't the life he wanted. And so after a bit of hanging out here in the hallway trying to figure out what to do, you guys hear stones blow out of a wall as if something is breached into the hallway here. And you guys can hear that deep rumbling, grumbling noise. And in the draconian tongue, something bellows down the hall and says, Gnomes, why do I smell the quarry folk? And you hear a couple of rumbling steps as the thing begins to waltz down the hallway. And once it comes to the bend at the end of the hall, you guys see what could only be described as a perverse facsimile of gold dragon hood with an adult-ish looking golden dragon that's entire body has been turned reddish brown, covered in rust with bits of its bone dangling and like in view from bits of scale and flesh, which are now raw and open. Its eyes still a bright golden tone and its face is just smattered and ripped from digging through the ground for so long. But this immense creature seems to clog the entirety of the hallway. And as it looks in your general direction, its eyes, golden and piercing, seem to illuminate and erupt with like bright fires within as the thing bellows down the hallway and says, you have returned. What is it you seek? I'm going to answer in draconic. Hi, I'm Kleeka. And that is where we're going to end it. (laughs) Hey, everyone. I want to thank you all for listening to another episode of the podcast. It really means a lot to me to have everybody listening in. And if you have anything you'd like to say, any comments or anything like that, shoot me a tweet over at YGrognard on Twitter. Or you can even send me an email at younggrognard at gmail.com. I look forward to everything you guys have to say, and it's always a pleasure to engage with anybody listening to the show. And as always, be sure to keep things... Dungeons.